Every once in a while, we're reminded of just how much we love our family. I was reminded of that at 6 a.m. this morning when I was scraping the ice off my windshield so that I could take my daughter to the airport as she flew back to Ohio for two weeks of work. She uh, was educated in Ohio, but she told me today when she came out in this light cloth coat that she'd given away all her winter clothes and her boots when she moved to the Carolinas. But she says they do sell those in Ohio as well. She's on her way. I love my daughter. I love my son. I even kind of like the grand dog who had to be walked before she could get in my car this morning. I've been thinking about the word beloved today. Last week I mentioned the beloved community. This week I was looking at a book by the late Father Henry Now in Life of the Beloved. It's his personal message to a friend about God's love for each of us and how we're called to live a spiritual life. He writes, ever since you asked me to write for you and your friends about the spiritual life, I've been wondering if there might be one word I would most want you to remember when you finished reading all I wish to say. Over the past year, that special word has gradually emerged from the depths of my own heart. It is the word beloved, and I am convinced that it has been given to me for the sake of you and your friends. Being a Christian, I first learned this word from the story of the baptism of Jesus at Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. No sooner had Jesus come up out of the water Then he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit like a dove descending on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. I want to say that Henry Nouwen particularly caught my attention when I turned to the next page and there found this. Fred. All I want to say to you is that you are the beloved. Fred is the name of the person to whom now and first wrote these words. Now he was writing them to me and to you and to all of us. Fred, all I want to say to you is you are the beloved. And all I hope is that you can hear these words as spoken to you with all the tenderness and force that love can hold. My only desire is to make these words reverberate in every corner of your being. You are the beloved. You are the beloved. My theme for this Sunday in the week of prayer for Christian unity is beloved, a beloved community, which is what we are as we're loved by God and as we love each other. An unusual collection of companies, NASCAR, Publix, Georgia Power, Home Depot, Waffle House, were among the household names listed as supporters of the Beloved Community Awards last weekend from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Center in Atlanta. As dream sponsors of the center itself were listed McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, J.P. Morgan Chase, Coca-Cola, FedEx, Ford. Announcers came from Delta, Papa John's, Mars, Wrigley, 
and kind snacks. And then the announcers included Oprah and Lady Gaga. It was a who's who of American culture. For the MLK Center, the president of Kia America served as the chair of the award recipient search committee as they presented beloved community awards. I take up what I mentioned last Sunday, that my attention was directed to the beloved community awards by a Facebook announcement from a friend of mine in Goldsboro that he was going to be one of the honorees. I got to watch it live last Saturday night. The Reverend William Doctor, excuse me, the Reverend Dr. William Barber is the pastor of one of the two disciples congregations where I previously served in Goldsboro, North Carolina. His congregation is predominantly African-American. He'd preached at my church and I'd spoken at his. He served as the moderator of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in North Carolina. From that Eastern North Carolina base, Dr. Barber and others had launched a poor people's campaign, a call for moral revival. Saturday night, Dr. Barber received the award for civic leadership and spoke of love, truth, and nonviolence, along with the MLK Center in commitment to creating what they called the beloved community, part of Dr. King's dream. The title of Dr. King's last book was Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? Published in 1967, it sounds like a question we might well ask today. Where do we go from here? Chaos or community? Division within our nation is more blatant than ever, especially now over the issue of politics. Where do we go from here? Dr. King speaking to a nation divided by race and economics and politics as well said, we must learn to live with one another in peace. We must transform our worldwide neighborhood into a worldwide brotherhood. With our interdependence and interrelatedness, we must build brotherhood, promote cooperation, and cultivate peace. And true peace, he said, comes with the presence of justice. Nonviolence is the love-centered way of thinking, speaking, engaging, and acting that leads to personal, cultural, and societal transformation, rooted in love, equipped to work for justice, and to create the beloved community. This method seeks to transform, and to redeem, and to win the friendship of the opponent, and to make it possible, as he wrote, for men to live as brothers, as I would add, for women to live as sisters, and I would also add, for all of us, to live as siblings. Credit Scott King, his widow, said that nonviolence is the road to the beloved community. The end is redemption. The end is reconciliation. The end is the creation of a beloved community, a new relationship. Love is creative and redemptive. Love builds up and unites. Let us live together in peace and love in a beloved community, Dr. King said. In his last book, he said, our loyalties must transcend our race, our tribe, our class, and our nation. Professors Kenneth Smith and Ira Zepp, in their book, Search for the Beloved Community in the 70s, wrote, 
Central to the thinking of Martin Luther King was the concept of the beloved community. This concept can be traced through all his speeches and writings from the earliest to the last, emphasizing a purpose of reconciliation, redemption, and the creation of the beloved community. The professors wrote, King's was a vision of completely integrated society, a community of love and justice, wherein brotherhood would be an actuality in all of social life. In his mind, such a community would be the ideal corporate expression of the Christian faith. Our beloved community is a corporate expression of the Christian faith. We're a family grouping brought together in love. Church camp, we often sang, we're one in the spirit, we're one in the Lord, and we pray that all unity may one day be restored, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. That makes for a beloved community as we are one in the spirit, one in the Lord. Jesus began his ministry at his home church in Nazareth with a sermon. Today's gospel lesson says when he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight for the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is our gospel lesson for this Sunday this year during this week of prayer for Christian unity which is sponsored internationally by the World Council of Churches, of which Disciples of Christ are members, and by the Roman Catholic Church. What are we doing about Christian unity? Disciples serve ecumenically, nationally, and worldwide. This week I'll attend the board meeting of the South Carolina Christian Action Council, which is our South Carolina gathering of churches of all denominations. What can each of us do about Christian unity? Well, for a start, we can pray about it. Tuesday, January 18th through Tuesday, January 25th, marks an eight-day period celebrated internationally between the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter and the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul as this week of prayer for Christian unity. Peter and Paul coming together represent Christian unity. For the Roman Catholics and for all of us, the Pontifical Council for Promoting Christian Unity reminds us in their recent document, Christians cannot despair in the face of Christian division. Christ has already defeated these evils. They wrote, while we continue to distance ourselves physically, it is all the more necessary to join together in prayer that all may be one, just as Jesus prayed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon Jesus today in the Gospel. And in the Spirit, we are one 
we proclaim in this week of prayer for Christian unity. What can we do about Christian unity? You can start by believing that you are God's beloved. You are. And then obey the scripture that says, Beloved, let us love one another. When we recognize ourselves as God's beloved and recognize the other as God's beloved, we're stepping forward towards Christian unity. We pray in the spirit as Jesus directed that all may be one, a beloved community, beloved by God and loving each other. Let's live into that prayer as a nation and a world, that in Jesus Christ all may be one. Amen.